0: All right, Dom Rowland Sound here. I'm sitting here talking to one of the great basketball minds, one of the great basketball coaches in the United States. I'm talking to the 25th-ranked Michigan Wolverines head or associate head men's basketball coach, Phil Martelli, Sr. Uh, Phil, uh, first of all, uh, how are you? How you doing? How, how are you feeling these days?
1: Well, physically I'm fine. Uh, mentally, I think that it's important for all coaches to be uh, – Focused on the mental aspects for their teams. I think for our own families, uh, we're in such an unusual position in that, you know, there's games scheduled, there's games getting canceled, yeah. uh, we're going to play without fans. So there's a lot for these young guys to, uh, there's a lot for these young guys to, to uh, digest,
0: we're speechless. Yeah, we're we're speechless. Everybody's speechless right now with what's going on. I, even someone like myself who's working on uh, scheduling right now, you'd have to think we're not even two weeks before our high school season starts. And we still don't know uh, how many games are going to be played or if there even are going to be games played. So I, I agree with you uh, on that. Um, one of the reasons, again, why I asked you to come on uh, this new podcast, which, again, you can follow on uh, iTunes, Apple, Spotify, Anchor, and many more. Uh, you've been in this business a very long time. You grew up here in Philadelphia. I've always looked at you as a mentor, a friend, and as a, as a brother. Uh, Obviously, we're not going to mention the school you spent 34 years at, or the, the school shall remain nameless, but tell us about your journey, because you started at St. Joe's Prep here in Philadelphia, went on to play over at uh, Wider, but I, I was uh, very uh, intrigued when I found out who one of your teammates was, and that's Maurice Howard. So what was it really like in the Philly Catholic League? Uh,
1: that's a really great question. It was uh, it was a badge of honor to uh, to be on any one of the teams, you know, schools that have long since closed, but but the St. James and the and the St. Tommy Moore, and um, to to go into places on Friday night, and it was the event in a school at Cardinal O'Hara, um, and then had the opportunity to. Play against, you know, the legendary uh, Speedy Morris teams at at Roman Catholic. Yes.
0: yes. To
1: be on a team that was good enough when I was a high school junior to not only play in the flesh during the Catholic League playoffs, but to win the championship. And and Mo Howard and Timmy Corley and Billy Trusky and Brian Kenny, uh, Doctor J- uh, Jamie Walsh. Gene McCarron, Dave Gelmey, all of these guys, uh, Paulo Pila, uh, all of these guys have just done, uh, they were extraordinary players. And th- there were players in our schools who didn't make our teams that were really good players, and they were making the name for themselves in the high school CYO or the rec leagues or in the summer leagues. So it was a real honor to play in the league uh, to play in the Catholic League and to, to go against guys like Mike Arisen, uh at, at uh, Cardinal O'Hara, Ed Stefanski, Mike Stackett at Bonner, and on and on yeah. and on. And I've always said this, championships are for a lifetime. And anytime time and every time I have a chance to talk with Mo Howard uh, or Brian Kenny or any of the guys who are on the team, we can always refer to ourselves as the 1971 Catholic League champs. So you know what it's like on a, on a Monday night, uh, and I haven't missed too many Monday nights at, at the Pluster. Yes. Just knowing that those young guys are going to have that same badge, that same tattoo. Um, and then you went further because you had a chance to play against a lot of those guys in the summer.
0: You do, yes. The Narberth League, Sunny Hill League was popular back in in the seventies when you were playing. I mean, you know the um, the uh, I believe there was the uh, what was that other the Baker League, the Goodman League. You know, those are some of the greatest, and you know Fran Dunphy did this at, at the Black uh, Black Sports Hall of Fame. What he said: the greatest honor that I ever could do, besides playing college basketball, was playing in the Baker League and having a chance to uh, to play with guys like Claude Gross. Uh, did you ever get to experience that?
1: No, I wasn't. I wasn't good enough uh, <laughs> to play uh, in those kind of leagues. But but I did have a chance uh, as a kid to try out for Claude Gross's South Philly. Uh, do you ever have
0: those chicken sandwiches?
1: And yeah, and even even <laughs> the chance, uh, even the chance, as we well know, the legendary Concha Hawkins tournament. Donna
0: would be Freya, really, sure.
1: really good to get on one of those teams. Um, so, the other thing that's missing, though, um, and I feel for the young guys today, and I understand why they can't do it, but playing in the parks, all over the city. Uh, having a chance, I, I, can, I don't have a great memory, but I do remember vividly being in the 8th uh, the or the ninth grade and being able to go to 58th and King Sessing, and play outdoors, yeah. looking across the court and saying, that guy over there is, is uh, an unusual player. There's not a lot of guys like him. And it was Joe, Joe Bryant, yes. Kobe's dad. Uh, we're the same age, and we had a chance to play against each other in really what was a ninth grade or a junior varsity league at 58th and King's Festival.
0: But they've always had, but it's not just at 58th. You've always had outdoor type of leagues. And I have driven by when I'm in the city. I get a chance to watch these young kids today, no matter what time. They could be out uh, from 12 or 8 at night to 5 in the morning. And that's, if you're really as committed to this game, as you and I have been the last 40 to 50 years of our lives, then you have to honor those things. I mean, the greatest thing I ever heard Dick Vitale ever say was Magic Johnson. It was a winter day in East Lansing, and Dick was trying to kind of push him away from Michigan State, and he said to him, they said to Magic's mother that we want to take him out for breakfast. And I'm sorry, uh, Coach, uh, Magic is not here. It's 7 in the morning, and he's out working on his game. I mean, that's – you're right. It's not as much, Phil, as it used to be, but, but there's still some of those who are doing that uh, on a daily basis.
1: And just like on a societal note, uh, that's what hurts me when I read uh, – you know you know, I read the Philadelphia papers. Of course every day, and when I read that there was a shooting at a playground. Yes. The, the playground used to be...
0: The safest place to go.
1: A safe haven, and uh, we have to get back to that, and we have yeah. to get back to a, uh, not just civility, uh, but a, a safety aspect. Young people have to be able to go out and play, and not be cooped up in the house, or not be somewhere plotting revenges, and things like, <sighs> I, I do pain when I read, um, you know, the city of Philadelphia, a city that I love, uh, when I read a shooting at a playground.
0: Yeah, no, no and, 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 and honestly, uh, Coach, I, I I just, you know, with all these great players nowadays in the Philadelphia Pub and Catholic League who, who have passed right before our eyes uh, because of incidents like that, I mean, we lost – Years ago, Michael Blackshear, uh, most recently, other Simon Gratz great, Ross Carter. Uh, I could go on with names, a list of names, and they all have died and passed before our eyes because of shooting. Uh, When I started at West Catholic, we lost a player named Brandon Cole. That was a shoot. It wasn't a basketball incident, but he was going out one night. How about, or uh, a guy you recruited? at the school that shall remain nameless, um, Amar Stooks' brother. And you pretty much just answer your own question when it's just, it's not safe anymore. Everybody is at risk. It's a fear that we're trying to get rid of so that these kids will have places to go after school or before school. I've seen a lot of kids do that.
1: Yeah, there's no question that... uh... You know, it should be the safest place. It Should be a safe haven. And but, players need a place to go work on their game. You know, it's not. It's not all hardwood. It's not all uniforms. It's not all referees. Uh, you can learn an awful lot on a blacktop, uh, including leadership skills, conflict resolution, uh, organizational skills. That maybe not everybody's going to play college basketball. That's true. You can learn. On that, on that playground and apply it to later in life.
0: And I absolutely agree. And when you got to college yourself, you played uh, at Wider University. Uh, what was that like, playing? Uh, and, and what are some of your best moments at that school? Well,
1: uh, I kind of, I uh, again, look at it and say, I didn't quite understand it was, it was basketball to me. And when I got to Widener, the thing that I appreciated is that it, uh, at the Division Three level, there was a striving to win championships. And as it expanded to win national championships, I was there when a football team won a national championship. Uh, a couple years after I left, they won another national championship. Yep. Uh, I had a chance to be an assistant coach with a team. That went to the Final Four in Division Three, and I've always said this when I, when I look at the guys that I played with, uh, Jimmy Coyle from Cardinal O'Hare, who unfortunately passed away yep. at a young, he was a thousand point scorer. Dennis James from Southern High School, who uh, is in the Widener Hall of Fame, Athletic Hall of Fame, uh, was a remarkable player and was an NBA draft pick. Uh, and he may have been a 2,000-point scorer. Mark Tucker from Northeast High School, 1,000-point scorer. Uh, Dennis Woodbury, Southern High School, 1,000-point scorer. I think, I think that over the course of my time at Widener, I played with uh, six or seven thousand-point scores. Uh, and, you know, because the world is so small, when I went to coach at Bishop Kenrick High School, I picked up the phone and called C. Allen Rowe, who was the coach at at Widener, uh, my coach and then the coach at the time. And I said, there's there's a young man at Cardinal Doherty High School who I think is kind of extraordinary. And uh, he went out and he recruited Lou Stevens, the dad of Lamar Stevens. Yes,
0: that's right.
1: Uh, Lou Stevens is an all-time leading scorer. So uh, I, I have a lot of pride in St. Joseph's Prep and Widener. And I will say this clearly, that where I am today and where I've been and how I've done things and and whether it's accolades or, or wins or relationships, it's all because of how I was treated and how I was coached from the grade school level, from the high school level by Eddie Burke, Fred Douglas, and by... Uh, my college experience with Seattle Row. So that, yeah. Philadelphia basketball, as you well know, is uh runs through me.
0: It does. Yes. It does run through me. It does. A lot of people have uh have have said to me, have come up to me, and people that you know that have started listening to this new podcast and uh, you were able to come on uh and you know, this is probably the latest podcast I've done, and it's as always, it's it's great to see you and talk to you. But they don't know that you were a basketball coach at, at Kendrick, at the defunct Bishop Kendrick High School. Uh, you coached alongside the great, uh, with the great Gino Ariema, who's now won over 10 national championships at UConn. Um, what was that really like, uh, you know, coaching at the high school level?
1: Uh come true. When you think about it, I was 23 years old, and I was the head high school coach in the Philadelphia Catholic League against guys like Bud Gardler and yeah. and uh, uh, Joe Goldenberg, Max Levin, uh, Speedy Morris, uh, just these remarkable guys. And uh, Gino and I, uh, we both were married, but Neither of us had children. We were together 350 days a year, uh, and we treated our our program at Bishop Kenrick as if it was a college program. You know, we we had plans for the summer, and we we we, uh, uh, we did individual work with the players, and we scouted, and uh, and and we got better at what we did. When I first started, uh, my first team at Bishop Kenrick did not make the playoffs the only team that I had there that did not make the playoffs. And it was not, we had good players.
0: And you um, had great success I, at that school,
1: yeah. But I did a poor job. I was not, I was not as organized. And, and being in that league and competing against not just the coaches, but the players that each school had uh, really motivated me to become very, very, very organized and very much more so a student of the game. I thought I was a student of the game, but until I got on the sideline uh, against that competition, I didn't really know what I didn't know. So, uh, you know, to think about even the Norristown high teams, John Creswell and Bill Workheiser and the scrimmage against uh, Plymouth Plymouth White Marsh with Hank Stoffgoat, coaches that beyond, beyond uh, beyond the pale, in terms of uh, good coaches, they were all great coaches, and, uh, and
0: you thought you were an av- kind of an average coach compared to every, to all these other coaches, it seemed. And I,
1: and I would say this that, that and i 've always said this, the young people, people that want to coach, need to study. You need to study that you pe- the people that you 're coaching against, and keep a book, keep a book of the things you like, things you didn 't like. Not just the X's and O's, but how about the way uh, somebody treats people? How about the way somebody runs a camp? Uh, And then to have, on top of that, the summer experiences that I had with with Kathy Rush, Hall of Famer, and all of the Immaculata program, Ed Rush, the NBA official. To have at that, it was like getting an advanced degree in coaching. Uh, And again, I just repeat myself. I would not be, and would not have accomplished anything without the experiences that I had at, at Bishop
0: Kenrick and uh, Kathy Rush Basketball Camp. And what did you learn from someone like Kathy? I know that they did a really good documentary on on her, that Disney movie. Obviously, I know that's where you, uh, you met your lovely wife, Judy. But what were some of the things that Kathy taught you that you instilled on your players? Uh, Kathy
1: Taught me organization, very much an organizational plan. How to have a daily plan for practice. How to have a weekly plan. How to have a monthly plan. Uh, she was very much into observing, making sure that you watched other coaches, and you and you didn't become uh, uh, what's the right word? You didn't become jealous <laughs> of another. Studied them. Uh, you you. you you picked what you liked and things that you didn't like. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine uh, Jake sitting at a camp and Her McGee's lecturing, or Roly Massimino's lecturing, or being there for Bobby Jones, the great '76er. He lectured at the camp. David Thompson, the Hall of Famer yeah. from NC State, State, sure. But you know, the Skywalker. Uh, and and just to have had all these experiences, and to work at a camp with with uh, as a camper, a Muffet McGraw or 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 Gino working at the camp, and um, I think at one camp the people that I worked with at the Kathy Rush basketball camp, 117 of them went on to be college uh, women's head coaches.
0: Oh. she she's incredible, and she was incredible, and she'll always be remembered as somebody who um, you know lived her legacy and lived her life and I mean every time when you were at the again the nameless school that I used to stop by at and to be able to watch the referees and you became good friends with kathy's uh ex husband ed listen listening stories to that man, the wealth he brought. And he was so good at what he did. He really, um, he was. And I really would have loved to have been around for Kathy Rush because it just seemed every story I ever heard, and even said it best, she was probably the most intelligent and was so good at, at what she did at her job.
1: No, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, rightfully so. Um, what higher honor can you be given than Hall of Famer? And so, like, in, in our city, uh, John Cheney, McGee, Kathy the Rush. Uh, these are some, obviously, some of the greatest coaches of all time. And we were in their orbit. And, and it truly is a blessing.
0: But Phil Martelli's name is also up there at Future Hall, Hall of Famer. And you did that at the nameless school for 34 years with 24 of them as head coach. And I always tell this story to people. You were my childhood. You let me live a great life of watching the college basketball world, especially the Big Five with the Temples, the Villanovas, the St. Joe's, the Pens, the LaSalle's. Um, you know, you had such great success. Jameer Nelson, Delante West, Ahmad Nivens, Langston Galloway is now with the Pistons, Ronald Roberts, also a professional. My question to you, sir, is what was... The atmosphere like at that school.
1: Well, the atmosphere uh, revolves around so many loyal, uh, loyal fans, and the the joy that you could bring uh, on, on a win or or uh, a lengthy uh, win streak. The, the opportunity to walk on the sideline uh, at the Palestra. Walk on the sideline in the, in the footprints left by Jack Ramsey and Jim Lynam, uh, John Griffin and Jim Boyle. Uh, the The it mattered basketball. Basketball really, really mattered, and not just winning, but how you went about it. And to to be a, quote unquote a small school in terms of of uh, enrollment, but to be in a situation where you could uh, uh, compete uh, for championships, and yes, there's great memories of a VCU championship game or or, or a Rhode Island championship game, uh, but also there's other op- there's other opportunities like losing to a GW in the Atlantic 10 championship game, or, yes. or Xavier, coached by Sean Miller, sure. hitting the tempo with, with, with Fran Dunphy. Yes. I think those are, they're, they're, it's tough to take, but the amount of effort and passion, uh, and that passion was, was from the fans, from the families, and most especially from the players.
0: Yeah. Uh, And and that's, and then you always say that Fran Dunphy is your brother. Your brother uh, from another mother, you know. And I probably would think you would agree that every coach, from Jay Wright to now the coaches now, Ashley Howard and Billy, uh, Coach Lang and Dr. Giannini, they're all our brothers. They're our basketball brothers. And that must have been exciting. Every game, when you were the coach at, you know, to coach against Dove every single year. Was that special to you?
1: Well, it was. The City games were, were just different. They were, I used to say to people it would be like a game and a half. So if it took you 24 hours to get over a game against St. Bonaventure and the great Mark Schmidt, it might take you 36 hours to get over a game against Temple. Uh, there was just that much invested invested in it. Yes. And like anybody out there, Jake, that, that, you know, you go in the backyard and play one-on-one against your brother or, yeah. or football or, or wire ball or stickball. ball, yeah. uh, you always yeah. want to win that game. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and at the end, I mean, I, I've said this to you before, the exchange with Duff and I when we would tell each other that we, we loved each other, uh, that, that, that carried a special significance. But I don't want to undersell. Don't want to undersell any of those. Uh, anybody that's 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 coached in our city. How about a guy like Bill Hurry, uh, and you know how, how much effort and sweat and tears that he put in, and to, to have a chance to sit in the Concha Hawkins stands and just be with those guys after a hard-fought year. To, or to be together on a coaches versus cancer uh, fundraising evening, uh, it was much more than a competitor. We were not; we were much more than uh, competitors. And uh, I salute each and every every one of those guys, and am uh, really appreciative to have all of
0: them in my life. And you, uh, you know, you mentioned coaches versus cancer when you were coaching thirty four plus years again with. 24 of them as the head coach you were the only uh, beside every other coach to give to really give back to the community uh, your children all three of your kids I believe went to that school as well um, you know I, I guess was it all worth was it all was it worth every second of your life that you spent while you roamed the halls of that school between coaches of cancer and then calling people like myself and Josh Verlin and Ari Rosenfeld and Del Greco Wilson and Chick Gillespie and Norm and, and Al Rubin to to ask about you know when coaches weren't allowed into the Donna Frio or the the Narberth or Baker League was it worth all of those things you did
1: okay. I wouldn't trade I wouldn't trade I wouldn't trade uh, any of it for uh, thirty four years. Of Michigan, and these pe- the people here treat me uh, like gold. Uh, we are in the pursuit of a national championship. We are blessed last year to have the number one recruiting class in the Big Ten. Yes. Uh, we, we have purportedly the best recruiting class in the country for next year. Uh, but if someone was to say to me, we'll give you the national championship, but you have to give us back, all of your memories and all of your relationships, all of your time in Philadelphia, I wouldn't make that trade. No,
0: I know you wouldn't. And, and, and you know what? That uh, definitely is, I myself, I'm, like I said, I'm having f- intentions to leave, to, to go away f- this year because of what's going on. But as I tell everybody, I'm a Philadelphian. I was. Uh, I love this city. I'm proud to be a Philadelphian. I wouldn't trade it in f- uh, for the world. And now, as we've said many times, the journey begins Last year, you were, again, number one recruiting uh, class in the country. Uh, You've got a great freshman class coming in this year, as you are now the associate head coach under Jawan Howard. First of all, um, in the last year, we've had this conversation a thousand times. What makes Jawan Howard as special as any other coach in this country? Because I walked walked into Washington, D.C. Jawan walked in, I think was the second to last game. I went up. I shook his hand. I introduced myself. Told him that you know I'm a good friend of yours. Uh, I've never met a more humble and more nicer person. You've used that word a lot. Is that uh, what can you say about Jawan Howard?
1: Authentic, authentic, authentic. He, he, he uh, with all that he has had, all the successes that he's had, and if you want to do it financially. You know, he signed a $100 million contract when he, was, when he was in the NBA. And think about the legacy of St. Joseph's basketball, that his first coach was Jim Lynam, his first general manager, John Nash.
0: That's Philadelphia right there.
1: This is how the circle comes. And then he has, um, he's authentic. So when somebody says, well, what about the recruiting successes? I point to one person. Do so we all work hard? Sadi Washington, who will be a head coach. Howard Isley, who will be a head coach. Yes, everybody, work. everybody works really hard. But the guy that gets his hands dirtiest uh, is is Jawan Howe. Uh, Jake, when you get an opportunity to come watch practice, you'll see him. He, he, he is doing one-on-one drills with our big guys. Uh, he's authentic. Through and About this, uh, like I, and I have such great admiration for not just what Jay Wright has accomplished, but can we think of a better fit than Villanova and Jay Wright? They are synonymous, and I think that we're going to see over the course of time that you're going to see the same kind of, uh, same same kind of symmetry when people say Michigan and 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 uh, Jawan Howard Now, let's not forget, you know, two of the last six years, or maybe two of the last seven years now, Michigan played in the final game. Yes. John Beeline Beeline is a Hall of Famer. Absolutely. And for for me to say to you, uh, Juwan Howard is putting his his stamp, uh, this was obviously not a program in disarray. And for him to put his stamp on it, his unique stamp, uh, this has been an honor for me to have the opportunity uh, to put my shoulder next to his shoulder in pursuit of a national championship.
0: And you mentioned that um, you didn't know anything about him. Uh, you didn't know stories. You pretty much uh, have, like me, you have Wikipedia Fu. Uh, you pretty much had to look him up. You were referred to him by the great John Calipari of Kentucky. And you also... Um, had to learn that his first love, of course, being Chicago. But you've said this a thousand times. His first love is Michigan. He is Michigan, and he will be Michigan for life. His son's going there this year as a freshman uh, out of the grace of his father. Uh, You've got Zeb Jackson from Montverde coming in who grew up in the Ohio area, Hunter Dickinson of D.C., and you were able to convince Terrence Williams to leave, well, after he decommitted from Georgetown, to say, why don't you come to Michigan? And it just seems... Jawan will continue to—and let's not forget another Monford. Caleb Houston next year is coming into that school. It just seems that Jawan Howard, you know, it's not even the name. It's it's how he is working to get these recruits to come in. Have you ever seen a guy do it as well as he does?
1: Well, I've never worked, you know, side-by-side with somebody uh, like it. But I would just make one correction— Juan Howard's first love is his family. True, that was the hook for me. That's true. Uh, you know, and, that, and then and then he had a love for for Michigan. What Michigan uh, provided for him, and what he wanted to provide to that next generation uh, of of young people. So, uh, I think that he, he, not just not just the recruiting, uh, but I think that they. When people see the package, player development, uh, the thought process that goes into uh, offensive systems with the idea of we want to put players in position uh, to be successful on the next level. And uh, how he does it, uh, he he is, uh, you know, I don't want to put a jinx on anybody, but when I say he will coach on a Monday night in April, He will coach on a
0: Monday night in April. I am convinced. Oh, I I don't disagree with that. And if you think that you're going to stay 25th in the country for the whole season, then I think everybody's talking crazy because I think that number is going to rise. Last year, Michigan, uh, at this time, you were in, I believe, in the Bahamas, the battle for Atlantis. You won that against, I believe, North Carolina. And then you ended up, I think you beat three top 10 teams in three straight days. Is that correct?
1: I don't think Iowa State was ranked at the time. Okay,
0: but they were, but they're still a national program.
1: Right, Tower, Carolina was undefeated. Then we beat Gonzaga in the championship. Correct. They were, they were as high as four or five. Exactly.
0: And, and and when you mentioned that, and a lot of that is, like you said, it's led because of great coaching. You have great assistants, including yourself. And, you know, Howard Isley played the NBA for so many years. He has that basketball IQ. Um, But again, Jawan Howard, like I said, the smile on that guy's face when he walked in uh, to the team takeover basketball event just made me say, oh yeah, he's he's probably as big a sweetheart as you're ever going to meet. There's no way. He's got a mean bone in his body and people... Uh, Love him. Before we get to uh, the final section of the Michigan basketball, uh, as a father, uh, you have two sons coaching in the basketball world. Your son Jimmy is at uh, Virginia Commonwealth, and your son Philip is at Bryant. What advice uh, do you give them as coaches?
1: Well, the biggest uh, is silence is golden. Uh, Learn. You don't have all the answers. Uh, you have to make sure that you learn and build, build real relationships. Um, and I'll say this: there's a lot of people that can take the title coach. They think that has to do with a zone or a or a man-to-man play or an out-of-bounds play. But the title of coach really should be that of teacher. And it, and the very best teachers in all of our school school buildings and. And uh, uh, virtually on now online, build real relationships with their students, with their staffs in their buildings, and with their parents yes. and I would suggest I suggest to Philip and Jimmy, who are both going to be outstanding at at, at at this profession, to make sure that they have real relationships
0: I certainly uh, yeah, I certainly uh, believe that they will uh, all right, so Michigan again begins its play against Bowling Green State two days from today. Today is November 23rd, Thanksgiving Eve at 4 o'clock. Uh, you'll play the first of six games at home, including the Big Ten ACC Challenge against uh, NC State. I've looked from top to bottom with Franz Wagner, Eli Brooks, and that freshman class again that you have. Uh, how excited are you for hoops at the Chrysler Center? Well,
1: I'm very, very, very excited. Uh, and, I, and I'm most excited for the players to have the opportunity to compete! Uh, I, all of us have to contribute. All of us have to stay safe. All of us have to mask up, and we have to deal with each day and and not look ahead and say, "Boy, I can't wait to play that NC State game." Or I can't wait to play, you know, Penn State in our Big Ten opener. What we can hope for is that tomorrow when we wake up, we still have practice, we still have our daily testing, and that not just basketball. Uh, but that people, uh, so many who are hurting, uh, can be made whole. And if our game helps and people can sit and watch and cheer, uh, then let's use this game for the greater good, which has always been meant to be.
0: You are, as always, a standout human being, sir. And as always, I'm very proud to call you my brother. Phil Martelli again here on The Voice Report. Uh, Michigan basketball, 25th in the country, will take on again Bowling Green State University on November 25th, Thanksgiving night, uh, on again, Wednesday at 4 o'clock. Phil, as always, we appreciate you stopping by here again. Uh, stay safe out there. My regards to Coach Juwan and to the entire staff of Michigan, to the Martelli family. Have a happy and healthy Thanksgiving. And we'll hopefully see you very soon. All
1: right, everybody out there, be safe. Mask
0: uh, up. All right.